I will say, like, I, looking back, like, I love Teen Time so much. More so because it gave me an opportunity to meet so many incredible people. And I feel like if I wasn't in Teen Times, I wouldn't have met someone like you who has just been so freaking phenomenal. And I just feel so honored to have been in a circle with so many incredible leaders and like just disruptors. I'm like, yes. Um, but like, I get want to know you more. Like, like, especially because like after, you know, Teen Times close and we all like go abroad to study, like we kind of mm-hmm. lose touch for a minute but I want to like know like what have you been up to I absolutely am a huge fan of say list this like you have no idea and I've told you this before like how much it has just been so inspiring to me and helping me understand the value of my culture um when I've been abroad for so long and you don't really see say Martin culture reflected anywhere um not in mm. say Martin and yeah like I just I'm so curious like I guess like how was it when you graduated and you moved abroad well Harsha I felt like you asked me a million three different questions I'm gonna break it down so what I've been up to (laughs) no girl it's fine it's fine um so first question was what what I've been up to since teen times so since teen times I graduated I did IP I decided to move to Holland um where I studied European studies um I lived in Holland for seven years, so uh, with that saying, I had a study delay, um, but within my study, I did a lot of different things, so I actually wanted to continue what I did in teen times, and I joined my studies, like, magazine called Globetrotters back then. I think I did it for, like, a year, so it was very similar to how teen times was set up. Um, The only difference was that everyone had a pair who you had to write your um, article with. So for me, that was a bit frustrating because, you know, in teen times, you can write on your own, have your own style, you know, and then you have someone that checks it. Whereas with this one, it felt like a group assignment. And I was like, this is not what I signed up for. But overall, I love the experience of that. Um, And with that, it just continued to do so many different, like, extracurricular activities. So um, which I started in St. Martin. So I really tried to maintain that aspect of my life um, in Holland. So I was also part of, like, I was one of the founding members of my university's um, Toastmasters Club, uh, which is public speaking. It's not about bread, because I know a lot of time people are like, what is Toastmasters? So it's a public speaking club. Uh, and I had, I used that as an opportunity as well to network, like you mentioned, and meet so many different people I won't usually encounter on a day-to-day basis. Um, and especially in Holland, you you get to, how do you say, like you meet so many people from different levels, not only students, like there's like company Toastmaster clubs that we will also um, join in on certain days or certain months. So that was also fine. What else did I do besides study? I did a lot. I did a shit ton. Like, we even had um for Irma. I think that was, like, one of my first Samaritan initiatives uh, that I did back home together with a bunch of different Samaritans. And for me, I think that's where, like, my passion for, I, I wouldn't say... I don't think it started there, but it reignited my passion for philanthropy and um, really put it in a different light, you know, um, because going away, especially from St. Martin, everyone is so quick to say like, hey, when you, especially going to Holland, they're like, 
Don't mingle too much with Samaritanists. Get out there. Meet internationals. Da, 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 da. I get that. But you see, when there's a point where you're down and low, the only thing you want is your people. And Irma really taught me that. And I'm, I don't want to speak for everyone else, but for the few people I know that we had this discussion, they also shared that sentiment as well, you know. So that uh, Irma was a blessing in disguise for those of us abroad, especially in Holland, because um, we, we did one of the biggest musical chairs event like in Zuid Holland, so South Holland, then half area. Um, and we got the opportunity to put St. Martin in such a positive light, you know, and really like that at that moment, so many people knew St. Martin name, the new St. Martin students. Um, and yeah, that was, that was just amazing. And, it, and out of that, came friendships of, with people, just like you mentioned earlier, Harsha, people that I went to high school with, but we never spoke to each other for probably petty reasons, or you just never had an opportunity to. But when you're when we had that moment of everyone just being humbled and in the same space of, we don't know what's happening to our island, our family, you you make you make friends. Like I found myself asking every St. Martin that I saw in Holland, like, hey, you good? I don't know if, I don't know them, I don't know their name, but I was like hailing out to them. So yeah. I felt like I said a lot. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so funny, like for me, it was like the complete opposite when Irma happened in the United States. Like there was literally nobody on my university campus that could g- gave a damn about my little rock that had just been flattened to the ground. Like I was so lonely. Like, it was so like, and it's so weird when like you're around people that are oblivious of like, you know, natural disasters, especially like hurricanes that they just like, were unaware like they just did not know did not care it was the complete opposite but I think like it is awesome to have like and one thing that I've always low-key been jealous of is like in the Netherlands at least there is like a small little different pockets of like St. Martin that you can find like with groups of people that in America like they're just does not it does not exist they're like what is a St. Martiner Uh, they're just like you're not just a black girl. I'm confused. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I mean, no, trust me, in Holland, you it's get that. You get that a lot because um, I think that's kind of leading up to, like, one of the reasons Lisa and I started Celestis. Um, In essence, was because we felt like the representation that we saw in media, especially the black Dutch media, did not relate to our St. Martin experience or our background it was either just um the Surinamese representation or abc representation and then sss islands was just like mm. okay if you happen to know of if someone mentioned saint martin is because maybe they had like a close connection to there or maybe something's around like there's this huge party in harlem called like soca versus dance hall that's where you see like all the Samaritaners link up. That's one of the times we see a lot of Samaritaners together in one place. So then you know, okay, yeah, these are Samaritaners. Um, or anything related to carnival, really, because you know what people love carnival. Then you see us come out in bulks. Uh, but otherwise to that girl, it's quite similar. I've there's been I've been exhausted. <laughs> so tired of explaining where I'm from. 
No, I'm not from Curacao. No, I'm not from Suriname or here in Samaritan. We are also Dutch. Because even to employers as well, oh my God, girl, you apply for a job. They're like, oh, you're from St. Martin, so do you, do you, like, what? do you need a work permit? Where? I'm like, no, fam, here's my passport. <laughs> you colonize me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, or people asking me, like, like, you forgot about us. I know we're land not utilized, but we here, like, we Oh here. my God. Trust me. It's, it's That's hilarious. But it's not thought, you know, because um, eventually over the years, I made a few Dutch friends. And I would vent. I'm like, how do you not know about St. Martin? Y'all colonize us. Like, we have to speak your language. Our official documents in Dutch. Like, what do you learn in school? And they're like, nothing. They don't teach us this. They they learn about World War One and Two and everything else, but their colonial history. So it's a learning process. And before and now wow. I have like a lot more grace for people that do approach me because I know. Um, before I used to be a bit more hostile, like, how can you not know? Like, I know so much about you. Why don't you know so much about me? But, you know, uh, you, 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 when you live there and you speak to many different people, you understand. And now, like I mentioned, I have grace and I just explain them. I have like shortened ways of how I'm going to approach this topic. And we just move on from there. And then I send them to Google, if anything, because, yeah. Sis got other things to do. <laughs> I feel I'm just like Bing it, Google it, like that's it's gonna show it to you because most maps ain't even got it. Mm-hmm. Like I swear, if Google didn't even have Saint Martin on the map, the world wouldn't have even known. Like we were here, they would have been like, "What? Huh? Who?" <laughs> like I'm always surprised when Americans actually know like the island, and like I know if they really know if they know like the fact that there's two sides to the island because i feel like a lot of times like when people hear saint they're like oh yeah like the the virgin islands or like it's something something but when they're like oh like the dutch or the french i'm like yes (laughs) you know know what i am talking about like i know like because then most people will just be like oh like yeah she's from jamaica and i'm like that's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's <laughs> not even close to what I said. But Coolio calls. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it wild, though, that I, I feel like it's so interesting that these are the countries that, like, build history. But yet they don't even teach that history mm-hmm. to, the like, their own, like, people. Like, it's interesting when I came to America and I realized, like, they only learned American history. They never learned, like, really world history. And, like, like you're mentioning in the Netherlands, they never really taught them about the colonies that they had. And I feel like we on the island, I don't know if it's because we were, like, so tourism-focused and so, like, world-focused that we put so much emphasis on world history that like we grew up understanding the world's history instead of understanding our own history, which is like the complete opposite. And it's, it's so weird. Like it's so weird. I just be like, yeah, but for me, when it comes to history, I, and especially the way how it's taught in different countries. um, For me, I always feel like that's always like a hidden agenda. I feel like it was meant to be that way in order for you to, um guide your people in a certain way you know so for example i can understand why the netherlands never uh thought or found the importance of teaching their their colonial past in schools because imagine if you started teaching that and you have 
<laughs> these little kids coming up asking you or like you know painting this picture that you don't want your own country to be painted in you know or asking questions that you don't really feel like answering so I totally get that and also from a St. Martin perspective of course I feel like it has a lot to do with um trying to I, I'm trying to use my words quite pick my words here um that's okay take your time so, I mean, at least for me in the St. Martin context, I, I kind of see it more as in um, when I when especially like, if you notice on Celestis, we focus a lot on history and a lot of the things we post is, aren't things we were ever taught in school. A lot of it has come from books that my mom over the years when she took me to book fairs or someone local wrote a book she would buy it and it would be put down and then if that's where I eventually gained the interest of you know reading these books and actually digging into them and I would be so angry with all the information I would find like why weren't we taught this you know I feel like I would have been so much more empowered or stand more firmly in my identity as a Samaritaner so a lot of the times I felt like it's kind of like a hidden agenda for our government or whoever was in charge back then especially over education too really not focus on our Samaritan identity, you know? Um, and I feel like if we really actually implement it in our schools wild. now... It blows my mind. I feel like a lot of the issues that a lot of us face when we went away, we would not be facing them because we would have had a better identity to stand on when we, when you know, we go out there and we speak about Samaritan or about, or about the things that we want. 100%. So, yeah, I'm... It's for me, it's just a hidden agenda. Like the 100%. moment, the moment I, I know, I observe the history that is taught in certain countries. I'm like, aha, you're up to something. Like that is why it is the way it is. So, yeah, I guess I'm curious, like, why did you pick European studies? Uh, girl, that's a good question. That 18 year old me probably was like, I just want to leave St. Martin. <laughs> no. Um, so I've always been a fan of like uh, political science. I really love history. So like in IB, I just had like this natural affinity to history. I, I honestly don't remember studying, but I just knew when I did the test, I passed and I passed really high. So I was like, hmm, at first I really wanted to study history. But then, of course, with capitalism, I started to Google, okay, how much money can a history teacher make or what can I do with history? And I was like, mm, it's not in line with what I want to do. <laughs> it's not in line with my financial goals. So I was like, okay, you know, let's, let's see something else. And then I stumbled upon European studies because, one, it didn't have math because I'm not a fanatic of math at all. And I found that it was like a perfect blend of... Trust me, I feel you. <laughs> uh, I found it was a perfect blend of everything I like. So there was like the history part because in my first year we had a bit of like culture. So I, but I learned more, more about like, I can't remember much of it now because my first year was years ago, but about Plato's and like all those theories and so on. That history, that was really interesting for me. Um, so there was culture, there was languages, so I had to study Spanish and French. There was also the political aspect as well, so really learning about the functioning of the European Union, but also of NGOs. And then there was also the business side of it. Um, so like marketing a little bit, but business um, management. So I got a bit of everything 
And as someone who loves to read a lot, I don't do it as often as I should anymore, which is a pity, but I, I, I know if I could do something that doesn't require payment, it's reading. Um, I felt like European studies was it or is it for me. Um, but yeah, with time too as well, because there's been many people in my study that have also had delays. Um, more so, I've noticed that people of color, <laughs> so or minorities in my study, majority of them got a delay, a study delay. And I'm, I still was trying to figure out the reason why. Because I'm someone, like, if I notice a trend, I'm like, why is this happening? You know, like, the Dutch kids come in, they study, they graduate within yeah. a time frame. And then here's us that are struggling. And I'm like, how, what, what is, what is this factor? And it's not even to say that they're international. These are also, I have friends that look like me that lived in Holland all their life, you know, so they know how to navigate the Dutch culture. Unlike us who still was was in that learning phase and they still had certain delays, you know, um, or struggles with the study. Uh, but overall, all of them um, still managed to graduate. A lot of them are now activists in their own field. Um, they're very public. They're, they are so outspoken, Harsha. Like, these are the ones that will go to protests and, you know, take the lead. So I'm overall, I'm so proud of the, the friends that I've made um, throughout my college years. But yeah, that's the long reason of why I chose European studies. Interesting. I always feel like it's interesting when you think about like how these great nations like tell their story. You know what I mean? Um, because a lot of it, I agree, is like they want to create like this image of a great nation. And you like I think oftentimes like when you're like, oh, I want to talk about all the good stuff. You're like, OK, maybe we should just neglect all the naughty stuff we did so that our people don't feel like they come from shitty people when it's like. You made your bed. You might as well lay in it. So like, why are we trying to pretend like there's not corpses in the closet? Like, they eventually finna rot and we gonna smell it. So it's like, you're hiding, but we still see you. Like, it's like, we didn't forget. Um, And I think it's so interesting, like, how you talk about that. Because now when I think about, like, the fact that we didn't learn our history and we didn't learn our culture it almost seems as though it was like intentional like they didn't want to be held accountable for the role that they played in the destruction of a people even though like we can argue St. Martin was you know it wasn't an island for anything for the longest of a while until these European powers were like I need to conquer let me go out and conquer and they're like oh nobody's conquered this rock I'm gonna I'm put my stake in it and say it belongs to me um, not really thinking about what does that do to the groups of people that are then brought to this rock and have to endure a life there um, not understanding the context in which all of these decisions were made and how they then influence like our identity as people that are now like the future generations of that colony that was brought about by these European powers. And it's like, I understand like not wanting to feel bad for all the people that you killed, but it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have killed them then, you know, like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. Like, you want me to not make you feel bad for the shitty things you did? Like, maybe I'm sure the people that you killed would have loved to have been alive, but here they are dead in the ground. So it's like, 
we just go and pretend like you and it's so funny like even now when i look at like the war I'm like, it's so funny when I feel like America and like all of these great nations like to point fingers as like who is the bad guy and who is the good guy. And I'm like, you all have blood on your hands. Every single one of you have blood on your hands and you just go sit there on your high horse and pretend like we we killed innocent people who were just living their life and then y'all decided to start all this tra-la-la and now people, innocent people got to pay and then you're going to sit on your high house and be like, we didn't kill anybody, but you're bad. You're the bad one. When it's like, no, you all have bloods on your hand. And, but it's it's interesting because I feel like the role of the media is so important in capturing those narratives. And I even see now, like in like the Ukraine Russian war, how the media is painting this picture of these great nations. And it's so like manipulative. Like it's so like not the holistic perspective. And I often think like, what does all of this do to manipulate a people to act in a certain way or to like have certain prejudices against other groups based on like the stories that people have of these great nations? Now for a message from our sponsors. <laughs> Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. as i like see how the media manipulates people and like they create these false narratives to kind of like sugarcoat reality um you see how like people start to like identify with these ideas of patriotism yep. that are actually like false and like significantly misleading um and it's like a weird privilege that people have because like a lot of the civilized, like the citizens of these great nations are so far removed from the war and the terror that their countries bestow on like developing nations um, just because they can. Um, and it's so interesting that like they take that as like something to be proud of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, we have the strongest army that goes out and kills tons of innocent people, but it's because we're part of this great nation and we're fighting for democracy. So it's justified. And I'm like, that sounds a lot like the church when they were killing Muslims because it's justified for God. And I'm like, how is this? How is killing ever? Okay. I'm like, I don't understand, but it's like, when you understand the history, which so many people don't actually understand mm -hmm. human history fundamentally. And I sometimes think like we're kind of lucky and unlucky in the sense that St. Martin did put so much emphasis on a studying world history that we actually look at the world. I feel like a lot differently than everybody else looks at the world. Like they don't actually see all of these connections and we're just like on this little island like just watching this ping pong match going across like the atlantic and we're just like um are you guys seeing this because like we're we're seeing this like 
Girl, I, I couldn't agree more. I definitely agree with that. Like, even for now, when it comes to the Ukraine-Russian war, I honestly have kept my remarks to myself because, like you mentioned, what is shown in media, it's so skewed, you know? It's like, they're just doing it, especially when I see, like, my grandparents watching CNN and then BBC, and I'm like, guys, they're just doing it from their perspective. This is not the total picture, um you know and when you hear certain people have their arguments and i'm like it didn't start today it did not start in in you know 2022 this started years ago and if you really go back and like you mentioned look at the history of all of these great nations you would realize okay like you mentioned they all have blood on their hands they use they're literally using ukraine as a proxy right now which is so sad it's so sad it's so sad to see because i'm like i'm watching it and like because i've studied history so much i'm like i'm like i wait we seen this type of behavior before i'm like where did we see this oh it was the world war ii and i'm just like um guys i see i'm seeing red flags like i'm i'm seeing red flags like i'm seeing a lot of red flags and i'm like and it's so weird that the media is like creating this sort of like fear and like they're the bad guy and they're doing this wrong and we gotta stop them and it's not fair we're gonna impose sanctions on them but it's like who actually pays the price for all of that individual (laughs) people that didn't do nothing wrong that are just minding their own business and i'm just like oh my god oh my god yeah yes it's yeah (laughs) <laughs> and I just sit here like a Gen Z and they wonder, like, why you have anxiety and stress? I'm like, do you see the world that we are in? I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, y'all are so delusional. And like, you think I'm the crazy one. I'm like, y'all don't even know what's going on. But I'm the crazy one. OK. It making sense. <laughs> oh, but like, I will say, like. Say less, sis has been like my awakening. Like I am so like I, I, you know how many times I have told you, and I will tell you this till the end of time. Like because you understood that value, you and Lisa, and you like I remember the first time I heard your first podcast and just hearing like say Martin voices and like slang. Like it felt like coming home. It was like my siren call. I was like, where has this been all my life? Oh, girl, I'm glad that we had that effect on you because that's what we were aiming for. So (laughs) I'm like, the last time I heard booba loops was like (laughs) like, when I was when I had booba loops. You know what I mean? Like, like I was like, I have never had like it has been so long since I've read Kunamunu. And it's like when you read it and you hear it in your head, like you just laugh because it reminds you of all the memories of like in childhood of like when people would say these things and like yeah. you don't realize how important that is to your identity. And ugh, like you guys are doing the Lord's work, I swear, because I don't know where I would be without y'all. I swear. I'd just be Girl. sitting here all lost and confused. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm going to pass the message on to Lisa as well. But yeah, I'm I'm happy because honestly, like Celeste's was birded out of our friendship. Like I mentioned um, earlier, we did not see any representation of ourselves, but more so, more so from a cultural um, background. 
And then we were like, you know, Lisa, let me tell you how I started. So Lisa, back way when, like, I guess 2017, 2018, it's been a while. Um, she was a fanatic of podcasts. Like, she would listen to podcasts. She would send them to me, yada dee. Um, and then eventually I got it, I got more into it. And then I remember her mentioning, like, you know, like, it would be cool to, you know, do podcasting because Lisa studied, like, international media and communication. So it was really, like, up her alley in that regard to creativity and all the stuff that comes in that field. Um, so for Christmas, I was like, I'm going to buy her a mic because I'm going to put her out there because I know, like, she's someone, like, she just needs that extra push, you know? And I was like, I'm going to be that person. So I bought her this mic for Christmas. But my intention of buying a mic was for her to do the podcast. I didn't have any intention of being on this podcast. She's like, oh, great. So we're recording together. And I was like, huh, huh, what? knows this that was for you that was for you but you know I was like fine you know we're gonna do this so we literally like we listened to different podcasting um podcasts not podcasting we listened to many different podcasts um back then this is for kids who are older than 18 so one of my favorite podcasts was like horrible decisions I don't know if you ever heard of them but I just love how out there they were. Like they, they. I love anything that goes against the green. You know, I like, <laughs> I like things that like creates conversation that you Same don't, here. you don't hear every day. And I a felt rebel, like, a yes. rebel energy. And I yes. was like, yeah, I like this. You know, so like they, like I mean, our content, of course, did not consist of that because again, when you come from a small community, there are certain things you have to keep to yourself because you could easily touch, uh, you know, touch a button on so many people. I feel you. Yeah, so you know, we try to take it more. I'm like from- if I touch the button, that means you need healing. Mm, yeah, yes, it's but a lot of people don't understand <laughs> that. <laughs> so you know, we really try to focus more on like the topics that we were interested in. So, I mean, we have like four or five podcast episodes, which honestly we were not consistent about because life came at us quite quickly after starting. I still loved it. I loved every <laughs> single one. Every um, single one. But yeah, it forced us to really, to not only look at certain topics from our perspective, because before we just speak from our opinion, you know, sometimes you could have to sit down and actually research different topics or like see what others are saying about it before we can actually sit down and have a proper conversation. Because again, although it's from a St. Martin perspective, you do want to be educated, you know, you do want to be open-minded while having a conversation. So yeah, that's how it started. And it went from podcasting to series, to doing the Instaton that we did. Um, and then we had the slangs. And I must say everything, I, I love the fact that our platform, we're not afraid to try different things, you know? Like, we, that's why we also, we stayed away from, we dropped the podcast name and just have it to the Sailor's brand because that's how we see ourselves as just, like, we house many different things. Like, if we want to go back to podcast in the future, we can you know, and it ties into what we represent. Um, if we want to go into more video creation, that kind of content creation, you know, we easily can do that. So we really now see ourselves more as a brand and with the flexibility of just being open to trying many different concepts as possible. Um, and I love that 
whatever we do, we have the so we don't and to be honest, we don't do it and see boy, let's see what numbers we get. Like we don't do that. We just plan something, think it's cool and put it out there and just let it go with the grace of God and see like, hmm, will people like this? Will they not? And thankfully a lot of people love it. Um, and we, we we are super, 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 super grateful for everyone that supports us. Um, I think one of the highlights for me from Silas Sis in starting was our picnic. So we had this link up picnic. And um and it it the idea kinda came to me because I was in this student association in Holland before leaving. Um and I noticed like we planned a picnic as well. And I was like, wow, everyone was having a good time. I was like, I wish I could see my Samaritan people in this light as well, you know? So I pitched the idea and also to Charlotte, shout out to Charlotte. She's also comes in clutch when it comes to event planning. Um, I pitched it to Charlotte and she didn't hesitate to jump on board. And to just see that just from a simple thought, how it just blossomed into something so beautiful. But for me, what what really like really impacted us, like when we sat down and reflected on how that event went, was that you know, especially in our community, a lot of time you get support only online. You know, like oh, we love this girl, we love you. You get the likes, you get the comments, you get this. But when it's like time for you to actually physically be there and support, cricket, cricket, cricket. You don't hear anything, and the fact that we had a picnic and we i think they be counted i don't want to lie it was between like i think it was like 75 people that showed up and everyone had a good time and it was from many like different friend groups different cliques you know like we got to meet new people people that came from like an hour two hours away um there were people telling us they stayed over by a friend in the city where we hosted the picnic by so you know they could easily just travel and come and i was like this meant so much, you know, like the investment and people just being happy and the pictures that came out of it too. For me, I was like, oh my God, my people are so beautiful. Like, I wish we could like highlight or show our people in that light so much more. But yeah, that for me was like one of the best feelings I've had. And I really hope that we can continue it here. And I hope we will. Um, it's more so about, again, readjusting, because as you know, Lisa and I moved back to St. Martin and that happened so quickly and with our brand and so on, it's now finding time between adulting, your nine to five, everything else that comes with it. And then Celeste's. So I feel, I, I think it's, it takes so much to even be committed to a brand where you're like, I think this is important to me and like hopefully other people will resonate with that and clearly like you know that this is something that's so needed because it's like it was an instant thing like people recognize the value in that and it just like it, it does take people that are just committed because it's like you it's like a form of therapy for all of us to see our culture reflected like it gives us something to call our own you know what I mean which is like so I feel like we don't realize like how important that is and I didn't realize it until I left and I was like wait nothing that I've loved that I thought like was mine I can find anywhere here like I don't see it anywhere and like even like when you guys did like the bush tea 
you guys were selling. I was like, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I'm like, franchise that, bring that to America, put that in the stores. Like, I'm ready to go to, because I'm a tea drinker. And obviously, I would much rather drink bush tea because it's so good. It tastes fantastic. And it, I know where it is from, the culture that's tied to it, and like the health benefits of it. But we as a culture don't even like recognize the value in our little like modalities and thing, you know, that like we see the value. And it's like it's like to me, it was a no brainer. And it like it's it's so inspiring to see our culture be like shown in this way because it's like it's so like it gives me so much inspiration to think about other products, other ways of doing things that are so tied to just like what I have missed so much about being a St. Martiner that like we just don't you don't get it once you leave the island and that's so amazing I was jealous of the picnic no lie I was just like y'all just gonna get together without me like whatever yeah yeah we we had a lot of messages like that we had we had but it's something we really want to do here in St. Martin that and also I mean we have different ideas that we want to continue um but like again it takes, like you mentioned, dedication, commitment, time. And at, at this point, I'm someone that believes it's not about like, oh, I don't have time, is making the time. And although you mean well, sometimes you just cannot find that time to be to make, you know? So, I mean, you're young. Like, it's also like you young. You try to figure out life. You try to make some bread. Like, it's like people don't understand. Like, these are things that I feel like older people should have done for us, but they didn't. So we out here trying to fill a gap. You know what I mean? And make our quaint at the same time. Listen, like, sis. <laughs> let's just say I'm tired. I'm tired. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You just pitch into the choir. You gotta return to the sea. You gotta return to the sea and let her just just take your stress away. But you like you mentioned, I mean? for me, what keeps me going in everything that I do, like outside of Celestis, um, but just in everything I do is like what you mentioned. Like I want that for anyone that comes after me to have it easier, to have something that they can recognize as their own, you know, and not for them to go through any of the struggles I had to go through in regards to my identity or in regards to yeah any of my ex- negative experiences i've experienced so far and i'm gonna say i've had a bad life because that, that that would be lying but you know there were some things that could have been easily i know i'm like we be we blessed we yes. bless out here <laughs> and i just want to make sure that yeah like for example i have an 11 year old brother i want to if he decides to go to holland that he can easily find a st martin community um and even if it's under the Celeste's brand, you know, like his sister left that legacy, like, you know, okay, this is a place I could go to. I know I could find my people. We could have fun. I don't have to think about being lonely. I know I, it's easy for me to ask for help, you know, and, you know, or certain questions about finances, things that you don't really trust people to ask or he can have find that. It's like, who do you go to? Like, who you go to in the Netherlands? It's like, you have to figure it out. Like, even in America, I was like, I don't know. What is taxes? I have no clue. It would be lit to have a same artist to be like, sis, I got you. This is all you need. I got your back. Yeah, no. That's... I think it's so important. Like, we need that. Like, we deserve that. And that's the thing. It's like, 
for so long we've gotten accustomed to not having it that we don't understand that like the, the things that we're asking for and we're creating are like the bare minimum like this is mm-hmm. low hanging fruit like we're not even thinking about like the big institutional changes that also need to be required like we're just doing the bare minimum so we could get by you know <laughs> like really truly you mentioned like this idea of struggling with your identity and i'm curious like I guess like what struggles around your identity that you had as a same partner? Cause I, I feel like I also struggle with my identity, but it was like coming from being mixed and like being a foreigner and like, well, foreign parents and all that jazz and different religions and all that tra-la-la, but it's still, it's like, that is the same partner. Like all yeah. of it. I mean, I, okay. Maybe struggle probably wouldn't be the right, would, wouldn't be the fitting word for me, but I felt like, I wasn't patriotic. Like, I felt like I was not very patriotic about St. Martin or where I came from. Um, And I felt like that kind of came with a bit of, like, insecurity as well. Like, when, especially in my first few years of Holland, um, if someone asked me about St. Martin, I felt like I always gave, like, the most touristic answer. I was like, oh, you know, the play with the beach, you know, those kind of things. And chicken leg and Johnny Cake. I mean, we always give these, like these touristic answers, which does not necessarily paint the picture of St. Martin or being a St. Martin, you know. And um, to just, I felt weird being in Holland and and trying to integrate into a, into a, society that didn't really want to accept me as well so it was like okay so I am just gonna go back to my own friends and sometimes like okay but I want to meet new people and I felt that kind of put a strain on my identity because like why am I trying to run away from my own people you know like why am I trying to not engage with my own St. Martiners and I felt like over the years I realized like how much of that narrative was taught to so many of us that went away um and I mean, don't get me wrong, there are a few bad apples that when you go away, you realize, okay, these are not my people. But for the most part, there are so many St. Martinas out there that are doing the damn thing. There is so much to learn from our own community. Like, our human capital is amazing. Like, the things that our people study and the jobs that they have and the things that they do on the side. Like, we don't have to look elsewhere for this kind of we don't have to import anything, you know, we have it within our own people. And I felt like it was really hard for me in the beginning to recognize that because I always felt like I needed to go to like this foreign place to find what we were missing at home when it was already within ourselves. So I would say maybe that was my struggle in essence is like not knowing that it's within me and within my community um, and always seeking it elsewhere. And I, I really, and I, again, like for me, I felt like Irma was like that turning point because when I saw the magic that me and all the fellow Samaritanas made with that musical chair event, you know, and I, I told like Harsha, I legit was working with people that I would walk straight past, you know, for the past two years being at university. Um, or I didn't even know that they were a St. Martiner to begin with because, you know, they probably were like years older than me or whatnot. And the fact that we all came together, put everything aside, worked together, 
I mean, of course, there's a little ups and downs, you know, okay, I think this, you think that, you know, but it worked out and I'm so happy for that. And after that, I was like, we, our own people can do these things. We can create so much magic uh, within ourselves that we don't always have to seek it elsewhere. And I feel like, especially growing up here, I, I felt like it was thought for us that we always have to seek better opportunities elsewhere when we got everything we need right here in Samadhi, man. Like, you don't have to go far. You don't have to look too far. You don't. You really don't. And it's weird. It's like, I don't even understand why. Like, they always, like, it's, like, interesting. Like you said, like, they always tell us, like, we have to leave. Like, we can't be great here. Like, you got to go. Like, it's outside. And, like, when you learn world history, you're like, oh, yeah, like, these are all the great nations. And we have to go outside. And they have all the answers. And then it's like, I go you go to these great nations all excited because you're like, finally, I'm free from all the oppression of my little island. I'm not going to be held back anymore. I'm in this like developed nation. It's going to be great. And then you look around and you're like, wait, this is a developed nation. <laughs> what are they developed in? I'm like, I'm confused because I'm like, the infrastructure isn't on point. Their education is not on point. Their healthcare is not on point. Their relationship with each other is not on point. They got great culture or great marketing of culture. They're great story writers, great liars, great manipulators. But I'm like, what else? I'm like, I'm trying to understand, like, what where i was like where is the developed part because it seems to me like they've stolen everything built off of that and now they're like i don't want to give it to you or if you buy all the stuff that i stole from your country you have to pay me a whole chunk of money and change and it's like and but it's like i'm not gonna help you build the stuff in your country no 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 that's we can't do that. I'm going to just exploit your low wage and exploit your natural resources. I'll exploit your ignorance and I'll exploit your broken history that we broke low key. But we 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 wrote that out of our history um, and we'll just continue this like story that we're better than everybody else. And I'm like, seems to me like y'all destroyed everything. That was once great. And don't want to be held accountable. And I'm like accountability doesn't have to be a bad thing you know it's just like accepting that you've made bad decisions and you can grow like that's a huge part of healing but it's like unless you accept your role to play we're just going to keep running in circles like how is this conversation ever going to get any better i'm like because you're not going to admit fault and i'm like but it is you though like maybe it's not all of you but some of y'all some of y'all, some of y'all are up to some, some session. Yeah. Like you guys. And that's, you know, that's, it's a pity because like, I know so many people that live in the Netherlands that would love to leave and they would love to come back home. But, and I mean, I know, but I mean, I feel it. It's like, why even stay there? I feel like, especially now, like living back home in a, uh, for a couple of months, I'm like, mm. Holland don't sound too bad some days, you know, just for certain things when it comes to structure and whatnot. And then other days, like recently I was speaking to someone and she was like, you know, um, there comes a point when you move back home where you have to acknowledge that you lived the life you lived um, abroad. And then when you come home, you need to just 
recognize like okay this is your hair and now you just have to be present and make the best out of your situation here uh, else you're just gonna continuously be comparing and to be quite honest it's not fair to you because then uh, you'll find an excuse and a complaint for everything that happens but going back to my point I wanted to mention about like so many people living in Holland and not liking it I felt and they they, they try to stick it through because you thought this narrative again that you need to go away. You need yeah. to make sure that, you know, you have X, Y, and Z diplomas to be to be worthy, period. <laughs> um, you know, to be acknowledged, to prove that you went and do something. And whereas there's so many people abroad, like I was one of them, that you went through burnouts, you know, your mental health goes to shit. You, you get a huge old debt that nobody trying to help you pay. So... Yeah, exactly. At the end of the day, you sit down and you're like, there's so many more pros and cons. But when you're young and you're not thought all of these things, you know, or no one is there to look out for you, you, you just follow everyone that's doing it. And I feel like now, I mean, especially in, in my generation, I feel like a lot of us are recognizing that. We don't we recognize the effects of, of Holland, the narrative that was thought, and we're trying to repair and heal um from you know our our study experience over there and i feel like holland is not a bad place to study but i feel like we've never been prepared enough for that community you know for that society you know and um we don't look at it in the long term effect especially for those of us now like i'm gonna keep mentioning depth because that stays haunting me because <laughs> especially when you're someone that you know like okay i have a, a financial plan and there are certain things i want to accomplish and you notice you have this one thing that holds you back like even recently i started speaking to sim martin is much more older than me and a lot of them like they're working and they have peers that are buying a house and then they realize their peers are asking them these are european peers so their peers are asking them like oh but why haven't you bought a house yet and they're like well i got debt like i can't do it as yet so you also feel, again, the insecurity and you feel a bit behind um, for your age because, like, okay, I did all of this work. I studied just as much as you, you know, but the, it's not equal. The ladder still isn't equal because I still have to do so much more, wait so much more longer to get what I want, whereas for them it's much more easier. So I feel like those are conversations that were lacking in the begin with before we left. I feel like we were ill-prepared in that regard um I felt like you mentioned from both ends pure lies everywhere <laughs> um and a lot of times when you bring up these critical points and it's more so constructive criticism yeah everyone gets hostile you know it's like and I'm like no I'm just trying to change I'm it like, we, you we're know, not like, trying to fight like I'm trying to find a way forward <laughs> Like, I'm trying to find a way yeah. forward. Like, I'm like, but we can't do that unless we talk. Like, we need to talk about it. Like, I don't understand. It's not like I'm trying to point fingers and be like, oh, I want you to feel like crap about what you did. No, I want you to be accountable. Mm -hmm. It's different. Like, and it's like, again, it doesn't have to be so. Uh, <sighs> but it's like I look at my own like leaders and it's like I, I see what you're saying like there's so much stuff that we've had to deal with that limits our growth and we adapt these narratives that make us feel smaller than mm. but then I like look at us and it's like we are such like a visionary generation where we 
or like seeing the holes, you know what I mean? And it's like so interesting that I sometimes wonder like, did we need to go through all of this crap for us to be like, no more, no more, I'm done. I'm over it, I'm checked out, we need a new plan. We need to redesign this whole thing because I can't, I cannot function like this. Like this is not effective for anybody. Nobody, like no country in the world is like happy. You know what I mean? Like we have all, we have the richest countries with all this GDP and yet none of y'all are happy. All of y'all got problems. All your people are upset and miserable and confused and like distraught to the point where people in these developed countries are so depressed and sad that they rather die when there's people dying to get into their country in the first place. And it's just like, at what point are we going to be like, okay, let's step away. Let's look at the situation from an unbiased perspective. Let's just let's just put a pause in it. Like, let's all take a week off where we reflect on society. We look at how the chips have fallen and we are like, I don't know about this. Um, I I have a few points yeah. uh, that I'm like maybe, maybe we should change things. Like I'm just saying, I'm like clearly it's it's just not. I'm like I don't understand. Like it's like it's like we have this life, and yet we're so bogged down by like yeah, like feeling bad about buying a house. You know what I mean? Or feeling bad about like taxes, or feeling bad about like your income bracket. I'm like. Why are humans depressed about their income bracket? We should be depressed that we don't even know our earth. We don't, we're like, our planet is so sick. And like, we don't even notice that she's sick. And she's like trying to tell us like, hello, I'm not feeling well. Can we do something? And we're like, no, no, no. I just am going to feel so bad that my tax bracket is not higher. Or like, screw the government. You know, and it's like all of this stuff that distracts mm -hmm. us from that truth of like why we're here and why we're alive. And like we have this earth that gives us this paradise, like actual paradise for us to grow and learn and develop. And what are we doing? killing each other like seriously yep. i'm confused i'm <laughs> confused i'm just i'm confused i'm just like it's not adding up the mathematics it's not i'm like not not mathing sis like we need an economy that we keep filling with debt and we like pay it off through more debt and i'm like okay but if it was my bank account with that much debt you wouldn't give me the loan but because it's so-and-so country with so-and-so military, they get the loan? <sighs> confused. <laughs> I'm confused. <sighs> yeah, sis. That's literally all I can do is be like, ugh. Right? I felt like this conversation was supposed to be like, woohoo! I read this here sitting down like, shit. <laughs> This is the world we live in. No, like, but it's okay, oh my though. God. <laughs> because I, I also feel in all of this, right, in all the chaos, in all the tralala, it can be hella depressing, 100%. We could really get sad about it. And a lot of people do. Like, a lot of people mm -hmm. really do. And that's why you see all these active shooters. Because all these teenagers just don't understand life. And they like, well, it don't mean nothing. And so I'm going to just kill everybody and end the misery. And I'm like, Brody, that's not how this works either. Like, we can't. We can't. Not, not a viable solution okay 
And this is really where I feel like St. Martin can really help. Like, like I feel like people don't understand like my vision of St. Martin. And I feel like you do, like, cause you see the value in St. Martin is. And I feel like because we have been in this unique place where we have been like this observer to global development, and we've kind of been in the middle of all of this tra-la-la. And at the same time, like you have this immersion of diversity, like true diversity, not this fake shit that these great nations keep talking about because I was like, I had never heard of diversity and inclusion until I went to these great nations. And I was like, this isn't diversity or inclusion. So I don't know what you trying to pass off as fake diversity and fake inclusion. Cause this is not it. Like it sounds like segregation that you're masking as diversity, but okay. If it makes you feel good, I don't know what to tell you. Um, But it's like St. Martin really and truly, I feel like can be this model for like how we can develop as a world. But like it takes St. Martiners stepping into that realization of the role that we can play in this global development that I think is so important because where else in the world are we going to meet people that are so different, literally on every dimension of being on a 37 square mile rock? where else like you don't see it and it it blows my mind that everybody comes to our little rock because last time i checked the history books say land of no utility (laughs) yep (sighs) well you know like my response to that i feel like i agree but i disagree so like me and lisa have a um I don't know if we said in a podcast, but I do know we had this discussion about St. Martinism and diversity. I totally agree that we are, I mean, like even attending St. Dominic High School, I remember there was an article I read or something that was mentioned that we had like 108 different nationalities in that little school alone. Imagine at St. Dominic High School. And I was blown away. I was like, shit, whoa, like, where did these people come from? I felt like we were all, like, the same people, you know? Um, I could be lying. Or the number could have been lower. But I knew it was a, a, a large amount for the little people that we had. And, um, but I remember me and Lisa, like, speaking. Um, because, like, Lisa is from, like, Guyanese background. And my background is, of course, St. Martiner, but also, like, Chris Linian as well. Um, and I felt like with our different backgrounds, we had a different, per- even though we went like high school, we didn't go primary school, yet, but high school for them from at least from age 12 to 27, we've been together, you know, so our experience have been somewhat the same. Um, but one thing we have noticed is that as diverse as St. Martin is, we are extremely xenophobic. And I feel like, um, on St. Martin, we don't acknowledge that truth as well. Um, like, we're like, yes. Um, and I mean, I sometimes I sit down and I love to listen to older heads. Like, since I've been back, I find myself, like, around a lot of older people because, for me, it helps me understand why we are in a position we are in today. Like, I love sitting down talking to my grandparents and anyone else I come across. Um, and just some of the comments they make about certain people with backgrounds, you know, or oh, I don't understand why they do this and why they do that, or they, they point fingers like you mentioned. And we, it all goes back to the accountability word, um, word again. But I, I, in that, just from listening to them, I'm like, wow, we are so xenophobic because they are so stuck on their one perception of what a St. Martiner is, which is you just born here, 
that's done. Um, and sometimes I like, question my parents too, like based on their migration background, you know, and like for my parents, they are St. Martiners, but then sometimes I easily hear people call them a different nationality. And I'm like, no, but you know, they're St. Martiners. So the xenophobia is real here on the island. And I feel like, I mean, at least with the older generation, I feel now, um, again, I feel like our generation has was like, whatever y'all taught us, we don't care. <laughs> we're not taking it in or we take it with a grain of salt. And we don't, you know, like even um, like me and Lisa, we always like a lot of times like people talk down on Haitians. You know, you grow up with like you say certain things that you didn't even realize that were so harmful to that community. Um, or people say like, oh, you know where they come from. <sighs> These people come, they make a life here on this island, you know, um, pro- came to provide better for their children. They're doing the same thing that you as a St. Martin tell us to do when we go to Holland, when we go to the States, when we go to Canada. And then you turn around and look down on them. And I'm like, how, how, how can you do this? Like, how do you, the, what's not clicking, Stephen? What's not clicking? Like, so... You know, so we, we have this conversation so often, um, especially with our background, because even with her having a Guyanese background, you know, like she's told me her experiences of how people would label them just for being Guyanese. Whereas me having a different background, I've never really experienced that, you know. So that also helped me to see St. Martin and our demographic in a whole different light. So as much as we preach about diversity, I have to say that we still have a lot of work to do. Um, um, and again, like you mentioned to like us being in, I feel even our location on earth is such a unique placement. Uh, like you mentioned, like when you were mentioning about, oh, looking here, like, oh, you see what's happening here? What's happening there? Like we can literally do that, you know, um, from our placement, like, oh, the U S the Europe. And I'm like, shit, like we legit dead in the middle somewhat, or we just could like be on the outskirts looking out like, hmm. Y'all, y'all making a mess over there, but we cool on this side of the world. Um, but again, I feel like, at least for me, what I've noticed too, like in my like my whole educational journey, is that the everything I've thought, I've learned to question because they again goes back to history. But you always have to question the information that you're thought, you know, because if not, you're going to easily take in these Western ideologies that cannot be applied to Saint Martin. It simply can't. Like we need to have our own unique roadmap of how we work. Uh, again, and like you mentioned, from because of our location, our demographic, we cannot apply what happens in the Netherlands, what happens in the U.S. to our tiny island. But what we can do is take bits and pieces from everywhere and create our own roadmap. Yeah, like especially when you get your education from abroad, you need to be able to take the bits and pieces that you get and create that own roadmap for St. Martin. You can't just take these ide- the, the complete ideologies that you were thought to apply them here because it just would not work. And one thing I've noticed here in St. Martin is that when you come back with a certain vision, it doesn't usually align with the masses, you know? When I've mentioned, like, oh, I'm coming back, a lot of people here are like, why? You know, like, be careful. Uh, You can't say certain things, you know? And I'm like... I hate that. I hate when people tell me that. Oh, my gosh. (sighs) 
there have been so many people in history, Harsha, which is why I love, especially when we do like the Swaligans we stand and just even the Black History Month, there have been people like, for example, this one lady, Leonidas Richardson, I'm hoping I'm saying her name correctly. Like she was going against everyone, you know, standing up for her beliefs. I mean, it had some negative consequences, but sis was speaking her truth. You know, and her children eventually came back to St. Martin. They have been able to contribute in many different ways as businessmen or even doctors and so on, you know. And I feel like a lot of times, too, when we we have this culture, we, we like to say St. Martin is a democracy, but sometimes I feel like low-key a little dictatorship because why is it that we can't speak and say certain things? Why can't we challenge certain An people? Oligarch. Like, why can't we just do, why can't we do these things without the consequences of somebody messaging you or sliding in your DMs and telling you about you and your whole family or bringing up something your grandfather did that you had nothing to do? Just example, never happened to me. (laughs) I'd be like, okay, and I feel you. I'm just like, okay, what's your point? Like, what I got to do with me? Like, I don't care. Like, my parents still love me and that's good enough. Like, I really, I could care less, like. So that's something it has to change, especially the whole speaking out issue. I feel like so many of us have so much to say, but you have to be strategic about it. And again, like a lot of people may support what you say online, but leave it have to be in person or you actually having a boss to go up there and say something. No one really has your back too. So sometimes you question like, okay, what am I fighting for? You know? if I'm not getting the support. And I I mean, some things I do, I don't look for the support, but at the same time, it's nice to know you have a little allies to help you reach the goal that you're looking to reach. So I feel, I feel that's why like, I've like been so focused on building my financial freedom abroad that like, I know if they were ever to come to me with that, like, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to be like, you literally have no control or effect on my ability to thrive and be successful. So, like, I have the freedom to be critical of you because my future is not in your hands. So, it's like, I don't care. Like, I think it's ridiculous that, like, people want to shun people for speaking the truth. It's like, why are we trying to protect people that need to be held accountable for their actions? Like, you are part of maintaining the status quo that I am trying to break. You know what I mean? Like, I need you to do the inner reflection as to why do you feel responsible in protecting someone who has never protected you? Like, I don't understand. And, like, even coming back to the xenophobia, like, That's literally been the struggle of my life. Like, I remember my mom used to tell me, like, people would call me the little Indian girl um, because I was, you know, half Indian. And, like, these were things, like, when my mom would tell me that, I was like, well, damn, like, for real? And she was like, yeah, like, people would literally say that about you. And I would be like, ouch. Um, And it's, like, even just, like, the way I've heard people, like, refer to my father, like, when they would come into our store, when my father is providing a service, And, like, the way they would talk to him, it would be so disrespectful. And I was just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Um, But I think, like, through all of that, like, and I agree, like, 
because we have these issues of xenophobia, despite being a massively diverse, like little rock, I think that's why we are the perfect lesson because it's like when we try to figure out how do we tackle these issues of like stereotypes and generalizations and identity, wouldn't it be perfect to do that in a country that has all of those issues? And like, if you can find a solution that can apply to such a small community, then that can be scaled to the rest of the world. Cause like oftentimes when you look at like a lot of these socialist countries, a lot of the time they can do that because their populations are like homogenous. You know what I mean? Like the Scandinavian countries are pretty homogenous. Um, but when you go to more diverse countries, you realize like these sentiments of xenophobia show up. And it's interesting. I think like St. Martin can be a great example is trying to understand like where these ideas of xenophobia really are rooted. And I think a lot of it has to do with the narratives that we're taught Um just like being a part of this like colonialized and capitalist framework of being like a lot of these people that like have these opinions of foreigners are largely because they were taught to hate them because they looked at it as like these people are taking something from me and that's not the case at all and it's like again like I remember I forgot who mentioned it it might be in one of my podcasts um but there was like this example of when Marcel Gums referenced like our relationship with Venezuela in the past and how they had helped St. Martin so that St. Martin could thrive. But then when Venezuela was going through its own like um, civil issues, St. Martiners did not want to accept Venezuelan refugees. And it was largely because we have forgotten our history and we've forgotten the partnerships that we've made with other communities. And like the fact that we're all migrants, like, and that's the thing that to me, like that is what binds St. Martiners is that we're all other, we're all from other parts of the world. We're all on this land of non-utility, not because we wanted to be there. Some of us, we left because we were like opportunity, but we just all happened to be here because of a lot of different factors in like the global development. And it's like, okay, now that we're here, what can we do to build a community that we know will be better? Because we can see like the way of the world is not working. It's falling apart and we can be a part of like having those conversations, being brutally honest, being vulnerable about the issues that we have in our community so that when we heal and we grow, that can be a lesson to the rest of the world. And instead of it being like, this can be our way of like contributing to the global history of creating a path forward for society. Cause it's like, we desperately need one. We desperately do because otherwise these psychos gonna bomb us all to death and it's like um that's not the way i'm trying to go out you know like it's not it's not the game i'm trying to play like uh -uh. yep i totally agree with you harsha i have nothing to rebuttal (laughs) no 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 i i totally i totally (laughs) agree i totally agree with it but i mean you know i have hope like especially with our generation i have so much hope um like the fact that you mentioned you know like you working on financial freedom to be sure that you know when you do take up that mantle of having that critical voice you know and challenging that you know you 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 came up with your strategic plan you know um and for me I support that a thousand and one percent I feel like there are so many other St. Martinez that also has that mindset um, I think even recently on Twitter, there was this whole discussion 
um, between St. Martin and Isabel, who's going back, or why you should go back, or why you shouldn't go back, and he was criticizing who. I honestly did not have the time to really follow up on it, but I'm, and I knew there was like a spaces talk about it as well, but I'm, I really wish I, I had the opportunity to sit in and just listen to some of the opinions of people that moved back and the people that stayed away and how they can also contribute to St. Martin from abroad because a lot of times, like, I think one of the arguments were that, you know, St. Martin is that stay away. They can't really have a say in what's going on because they're not here. And then they were like, no, that's not true. I can still contribute in one way or the other. And people don't realize that when you're abroad, you're an ambassador for St. Martin. Like, there were so many different arguments that were going on. I was like, oh, that's true. That's also true. You know, there's so many, there's different fruits in one thing, you know. So, and I feel like that's a conversation that should continue to be, to be held or have, whatever the word is right now. I'm so tired. <laughs> but um, it, it's something that I, I like the fact that, especially in our generation, that we are able to share those different opinions and not like go down, cut each other's throats for it. You know, like you have this opinion, I have this opinion. We create a space, literally. I felt that was so healthy to create a space and talk about this with many different people. And at the end, see people be like, wow, I really enjoyed this discussion. You know, you know, it, maybe it changed their perspe- um, perspective on things or they gain more insight as to or made them reflect as to why they are even where they are now in life, you know. Maybe it might encourage them to even go back home for those that were saying that they were abroad. So I really, I, I'm just saying, like, I have so much hope. I'm so proud of our generation. I love that we are challenging things, you know. And even those younger than me, like, they have no filter. I feel like with us, we still have a bit of a filter. But those younger than us are like, listen, what is a filter? We we just speaking our truth right now. Yes, 100%, 100%. It's this weird, like, I, it's, like, weird, because it's, like, when you have a filter, like, that's censorship. Like, that is literally a form of, like, censorship, of telling people what they can and can't say. And I think, like, that's so weird. Like, I'm, like, why would you, like, why can't people have an opinion? And, like, why can't you not agree and it, like, just be okay? Like, I don't understand why it has to come back to something that affects your whole life because you have a thought that you're trying to understand. And it's like, yeah, I definitely, I, I feel so much in, like, just your story. Because, like, I, too, used to just not have no patriotic pride, just did not care. And it's, like, 360, 360. Right, girl. Everywhere I go, I'm like, yes, I'm from St. Martin. Like, even because of, like, celestis and the slangs. I'm like, listen, when I go into rooms or when I, when I used to work, like, in the Netherlands, first I would, like, speak standard english because i get it you need to understand me but then at one point i'm like listen these are my slangs i'm gonna speak like this and you're gonna learn to understand me the same way i learned to understand you you're gonna learn you know and it's not that hard and you don't have the right to say oh well it's not uneducated no 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 We're, we're all gonna speak this and some of them i'm like oh yeah eventually they understand me that i no longer had to code switch of course sometimes i do it because i I was raised to code switch in certain settings and it's something it's really hard to unlearn. But overall, I'm like, listen, this is what kunumunu means. So when you hear me say kunumunu, you know you did something that I did not like or something, you know, but yeah, it's 
yeah it's weird that like our like say martin english is deemed as like illiterate like that's the thing that i feel like is still sort of like this colonial perception of like language that we have that's like really weird and even like me like i think it took me a minute to just like change my perspective around just the use of language and like how language is really a means for us to communicate ideas using our vocal cords and like humans have created infinite number of different ways to communicate and describe our reality and it was only through this colonial lens that we say that some languages are civilized and other ones are not civilized and it's like people experiment with language all the time that's why we have slang across the world across languages it's because people are experimenting with the way that we speak because the ideas that we need to represent in our modern world are different than the ideas from the past and you need to create new language to represent that and i think it's weird that like because we're so accustomed to english which was a british you know enforced mandate as they civilized the world right we then for some reason felt that if you didn't speak English, then that meant you weren't intelligent or that you weren't able to actually create. And I have seen language be this thing that's been a tool for one misinformation because people can use language to completely like delude people. And then they use it as like this way to like be a gatekeeper for like experience or discussion. And it's like, just because you don't understand the the words that I'm using to convey this idea, doesn't mean that my convey, my way of conveying the idea was wrong. It just means that you need to expand your knowledge of language to understand my usage of it. And I think most times people are so lazy and entitled um, to their way of doing things that they're like, no, I don't want to have to learn your language because English is the language. And it's like, no, 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 no. We were forced to speak English because if we didn't, we would have been killed. So that's why we all speak English. Let's get the facts straight. Like, yes, it has benefited us, but again, forced upon us, not by choice. Okay. And now all of our institutions uphold that because it's easier to just go with the flow than to completely go back to whatever language it was we were speaking before because they erased all of our connection to that information. So how would we know? You know what I mean? Like, and those are the things that make me so upset um, because it's like the erasure of culture, the erasure of experiences of minorities and islanders, I feel like is something that has been for so long just like not even brought up and articulated and it's like through that erasure of experiences that you erase people like you actually erase the lives of people and it's like you cannot do that when like this whole experience is a collective experience and it's one of the reasons why I it's hard to really understand history when like the history that we have has been captured through the lens of a select few people and it's not the collective history it's the history written by the victor which is a very 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 skewed history very skewed and like that's why like i i remember um in the parliamentary debate that they had like a few like a while back um sarah was mentioning that like oh like our history is in the netherlands like we just have to go to the netherlands to get our history and i was like 
you think they wrote an accurate representation of our history? Like, really and truly? You think they documented all the slaves that the British brought? You think they documented all the abortions that were illegally carried out because of, you know, instances of sexual assault against slavery on the island? You think they wrote about all the people that were beaten, you know? No, they didn't They didn't write about any of that. And that is our history. That is a part of our narrative. That's a part of our identity. But why would they document the pain? Why would they document the exploitation? Like, who does that benefit? It doesn't benefit them. It benefits us. And I just thought, like, it was funny that we often say, like, we need to go to these great nations to get our history. And it's like, they never even wrote our history. They didn't care to write the history. It was easier and in their best interest to erase that part of the book, you know? And it's like, I don't know. It's like this weird thing. And it's like, okay, I'm trying to understand the world, but the world doesn't even reflect the truth. And it's like, how do you navigate that when you're trying to define your identity, but so much of it has been erased and there's like literally nothing you can do to get that back and I feel like that's the pain that I feel like when I think about like white privilege I think about the privilege of being able to really know your history to go to Ellis Island and see your name in that book and to be like that was my uncle and my grandpa and he came from Ireland and they worked on a potato farm that grew blah 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 I don't have that like we don't have that and it's like that is the thing that I feel like people don't understand the pain like that is a pain you know what I mean? That's an ancestral pain. And it's like, I wish people would just understand the humanness of that. Like, not even to say, like, the bloodshed and everything. Like, just understand the humanness of that privilege. It's like, if you can understand that, then it's like, okay, then we can have better conversations around this. Because it's not, I'm not trying to make, like, them feel bad. I just want them to understand, like, you took something that I will never get back and like that hurts and I have a right to cry about that and you can't be upset that I'm crying about that when you're the one that was responsible for that you know what I mean and it's like <sighs> yeah deep breath Harsha deep breath but I, I totally resonate with everything that you mentioned it's and you know um just going back to I feel like what you mentioned about, you know, Sarah saying that our history is in the Netherlands. Ugh. Ah, I have so much to say, but what I can say, and to those people that are listening now, is that cherish your elders. There is so much history here. There is so much history within your family. Like sometimes I sit down and I list, my grandfather is making 90 next week. God bless um and the fact that this man can sit down and from since i was young he's been telling me so many stories harsha about the times when where because he was like born in french quarter where there were only two cars you know and he know who the two cars were for or about recently i found out like i was going through some old documents of him and he was telling me about when you're born, you know, usually in the hospital, you just write your name there and then. So, um, yeah, so, like, with my grandfather, like, I learned so much history through him. Like, usually he would tell me, like, these old-time stories of, like, these creatures that would live in the in the bush that would come out at night. You know, like, stories that you don't, you can't learn from Holland. You, you can't just learn these things. 
But one interesting thing that he was telling me, which I didn't know, was that um, back then, because uh, again, he's making 90, so imagine how long ago that was. Here in St. Martin, um, he was born on April 1st, but back then when you make a baby, you your parents would literally tell someone that's going to Marigot, like, hey, when you go Marigot, um, tell them this child born. And then they would go and they would like write this child name, but they sometimes would ask, they would put the last name of whoever and wrote your name in Marigot. So like, example, his dad, for example, had a whole different last name because the person that went to report his birth was not his father. So there's like, that's why too, in our history, there's like so many different last names and then you have to get someone to change your last name. And two, I found out, like, uh, I was going back to the point that like, my grandfather was born on um, April 1st, and I read a document that said April 6th. I was like, hey, you celebrate your birthday, like, a week early? He's like, no, that's the day they went to report my birth, but it just wrote it as he was born on April 6th. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> so it's so crazy, and I feel like that is part of our history, just the way of how people used to communicate, you know, and the processes that we had um i find it so crazy and it's so going back to like england like at least here in st martin like my grandfather being born on the french side there's so many things in french that i was like why are we taught french you know like so i could like read these things properly or understand them better because now i just know stupid old english and it's not helping me right now besides reading names so you know it's like all of these things is like i i take pleasure in sitting down and listening to um, my grandparents my aunts my uncles because just their oral stories um, has taught me so much more about my St. Martin identity than any book out there you know and I think that's something that especially here I noticed there's been a disconnect between the older generation and us in terms of like making sure those stories stay alive making sure certain customs stay alive um, because I feel like too, a lot of times you get into a generation and you feel you better than the younger generation because they don't know what they're doing or they're being a little too wild and whatnot. Whereas y'all were doing it. Sometimes you sit down and you listen, it's like y'all doing the same thing we do and we just do it in a different manner probably, or we just trying to do it a bit more strategically. But at the end of the day, a lot of us are fighting for the same goal that you were fighting for back in your day. So for me, I and that's one thing to whoever is listening to this podcast, like really take the time out to sit down and honor your elders. I know a lot of them have some men- mentalities or ideologies we still can't get over, but the stories that they have, you can learn so much from. Like you can learn so much about yourself, just the way of life in St. Martin, because I feel like that's something we miss. I feel like the way how St. Martin has been, even me being away for like three years before coming back home was like, whoa, there was like, for me, it was a huge change. Like, whoa, all of this happened. Like a lot of different things keep moving, going so fast, you know, it's hard to keep up. And in St. Martin, like if you don't involve yourself enough in like the politics um, out there, what's going on, you can easily be left behind. So you really have to be an active citizen when it comes to ensuring that, you know, you you have all the information out there about St. Martin and being able to make that change. So, yeah, it's my little two cents. 
Very valid. Very valid. Very valid. I guess, like, how can folks, like, connect with you and, like, all the amazing things that you're doing in the community and, like, follow Say Less This as you guys continue to put on amazing events and, like, share the culture with the world because the gram didn't have it before, y'all. And I feel like you guys have inspired just so many people and, like, you inspire me to just continue to have these conversations because, like, like, for me, this is healing. Like, it helps me just understand myself better. It makes me feel more empowered and, like, just more, well, like, less alone. You know what I mean? Because it's, like, this is our community. Like, this is who we are. And, like, I just feel so lucky to have been around you, like, in my youth so that we can continue, like, build just, like, this incredible community of people that want something better for the world because it's, like, if we don't do it, then, like, it's just never going to happen. And it's like, well, I'd rather be a part of the change than continue to bitch about it, you know? Yeah. So how people can reach out to me is uh, Tristan Lessis. <laughs> Feel free to follow, like, share suggestions. Also know that um, some of our content, too, has also been inspired by our people for our people. So... If you have an idea, if you want to see something that's represented, please feel free to slide in our DMs. Like, especially when it comes to our slangs. Like, so many people literally would remember a word and DM us and tell us, like, oh, my God, I thought of this. Did you do this word? So please do not be a stranger to us. Like, we are always open to new ideas, um, especially because, again, like I mentioned, what we share is our reality and we know that that's just a small part of the many different realities that people experience on St. Martin. And if we are a platform that say we represent St. Martin, we should be able to be open-minded enough and to welcome everyone's um, experiences, thoughts, opinions of how you feel about what's going on in St. Martin or what you would like to be shown, you know? Um, and so we welcome anybody, please. <laughs> you don't have to feel a type of way. We, we really are not uh, those type of people to pitch your ideas. And if we could make it a reality together with you as well, um, yeah, slide in our DMs, send us an email. It's connected. Um, and for me, you could follow me on Instagram. I'm at Deshante. It's my middle name. So if you just type that in. You'll find me or Shanika Romney. Um, you should be able to find me on Instagram, LinkedIn. If you ever need help with anything, if you want to brainstorm, if you need to network to reach out to somebody, I'm always here. I'm, I'm a listening ear. So reach out to me. And also to Harsha. I feel like, like what Harsha mentioned about, you know, we met in teen times and then there was like this whole gap and then shout out to social media. Cause we like, we just started talking like in DMS and then I <laughs> literally just, just went happening in the DMS. I was like, Oh my God, I love Harsha. Like where has Harsha been? Like, like I felt like, I don't know, man, but we need, I feel like that's something that needs. She was out. Huh? She had disappeared. <laughs> No, but and I was like, she was gone. She was just like, I'm struggling in college. That I yeah, but that's something um I I try to incorporate too. Like, there's some people I'm I legit would be like, I slide in a DM and I make conversations. It's not sometimes to be uh like in puppy mental. They say like to be familiar, like you know, like too extroverted because I'm not that person. 
but it's just good to connect in a way like hey like you look even if small something small like hey you look nice today like a picture you posted or what's going on and just keep it short you know that's something i've been um intentionally trying to do and also try to do it outside of my friend group as well because you have to maintain those ma- those relationships you know and uh, again sometimes you feel like people only reach out just when they need something but at least for me, if you feel like, hey, Shanika may be the person for this and, and be able to help, I'm always here. You know, that's just the type of person I am. And I have to say a great thank you to Harsha because last year Harsha sent me a link for this fellowship. And I was like, girl, I don't know. But either way, I did it and I signed up and I got accepted to the fellowship. So I'm really, really happy because without Harsha, I would not have been I wouldn't have known anything about this fellowship. And, you know, and just her sending a link saying, hey, I thought of you, you fit this. Did so It opened so many different doors for me, you know. So that's something eventually people will be hearing about soon. Um, and I hope to really share my journey. I'd be forgetting that I even did that. Yeah, Harsha, you'd be out here being a good Samaritan. <laughs> so... Yeah, I just want to. I was like, "Wait, what much. fellowship?" And then I was like, "Oh yeah, that thing." Yeah, yeah, because she was like, "I'm too young, but it's a year of age, so you can do it." I was like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> so you know, we need more of that. You know, if like if you recognize, yeah, because I was like, I felt like say less this fit perfectly. Yeah, I'm definitely. So I'm. I think next week they're supposed to be officially announcing it. So then, yeah, I'll be speaking more about that. And just see where it goes. But again, thank you, Harsha. Again, it's awesome. I, I, I'm, I'm so proud of you. I was about to say, I'm proud of, of you, you. For like taking it and going <laughs> with it. Yeah. We're proud of each other, okay? Greatness uplifts greatness, <laughs> you know? 